Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay uptight. So come and join the people, and I'm feeling all right. We run on. America. Oh, yeah. Doug and Donna always sounding so good. Welcome back. Yeah, yesterday, the big news uh, KMOX and KFTK, our sister station down the hall at 97.1, they're doing a talent trade. Some people call it a trade. I guess if you're sports oriented, you can look at it that way. And I still see that trending on so many different news sites locally, even on the Post Dispatch's homepage. It's the uh, number four top trending story that's still there. So the Dave Glover show is coming over to KMOX and Mark Reardon is moving over to 97.1 as part of the trade. And that's been reported. You can find the details on our website at KMOX.com and they'll take over somewhat of the same time frame. Uh, Dave Glover show, I, I think total information PM will be just be covered with the Dave Glover show. And Mark Reardon is going to go and cover the hours that uh, Dave was on for 97.1. There's some best of hours and things that'll be sprinkled into there, but still a lot of people talking about that on social media. And I posted it yesterday. If you wanted to comment on my Facebook page, Ryan Wrecker Radio, it seems to be a lot of mixed, uh, you know, people both ways liking it, not liking it. It's an interesting batch. But all I would say is that this is going to be coming up here on the 22nd when that starts. Give it a try. Uh, that's I think that's all we would want to ask any of the personalities if involved. Just give it a try. Give it a try. Give it a try. 314-436-7900 is the number here. And I'm really surprised when it came to the uh, voting here in the city today. Char Jones and Kara Spencer advancing to the St. Louis mayoral runoff. I don't know who's going to take that, but Char Jones had 57% of the vote there. This is something that does concern me. We have a mayor in St. Louis right now with Lida Cruz, and I wouldn't call her someone that is radical or progressive by any means when it comes to her policies. She seems to be what you would call like a, a classic Democrat. So 
reasonable in the sense where you can work and but then again there are other things that of course you're going to disagree with but she's not going off the deep end that's what we're faced here in st louis we might be going off the deep end so i'm sure we'll hear more about that soon but that uh, did surprise me it really did surprise me when i saw that lewis reed only had um 38 of the vote 38.5 of the vote and he is someone that i would look at as more in line with the way uh, Lida Krusen is, uh, someone that's a little bit more closer to the center and not far to the left-leaning side. And I thought maybe that would appeal to some people, kind of like Mayor Lida Krusen did. Lewis Reed has a name for himself. He's been around for a while in a leadership position. So to see him not make it to the next round, like the way that they're uh, doing the runoff, did surprise me a little bit. But you'll get a lot of that too, I'm sure, tomorrow. People calling and talking about this sort of thing. Uh, let's go to Tyrone, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Uh, hi, Ryan. Hello, hello. Um, well, first of all, um, you had a caller last night named, uh, and he's an old-time Jim White caller, too, by the name of Elvis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With He's got that distinctive voice that goes with it, too. Yeah. I, I always remember when Jim White used to take his calls. You know, he's, he's about as old-time caller as I am. Um, but <laughs> Wait, would I you heard, call I into Jim El- White's program? Oh, all the time. And, and, and uh, you know, it wasn't fun. I mean, I, I loved listening to Jim White, but it wasn't fun to call him because you never knew if you were going to get whacked or not, you know. And so, <laughs> okay. I, I don't get that feeling when I call you up because I know you're not going to whack me. And But, boy, when I used to call Jim White, my hands would get cold and clammy and nervousy, you know, and I didn't know if I was. It was almost like being in the mafia. You didn't know if you were going to get it or not. Yeah. All right. So I need to be harsher on the callers. I'll take note. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, no. We, we need niceness now. Okay. You've heard of you. You've heard of Minnesota nice. Well, we no. need Missouri nice. Missouri nice. I see. So what is a Minnesota nice? What is that? Like, is it a hospitality thing? Is it a, oh, you betcha type of, uh, when you bump into someone or you're about to, you say, oh, sorry. Is it that the type of uh, niceness you're talking about? Yes, it is. You know, be okay. be kind to your fellow American. Yes, I try um, to. Anyway, well, you're a nice guy. You know, Jim White was a really nice guy, too, from what I heard. But they said he just like liked playing that game, you know, on the radio, you know, with the callers. And, <laughs> but but in, but anyway, um, well, Elvis was talking about getting pictures of KMOX personalities. And, and you told them they don't do that anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to say, I, I actually didn't call Jim White. I called KMOX. And I, I said, mm-hmm. I want a picture of Jim White. And, and you know, and they sent me a, a nice color. I still have it a nice color picture of Jim White. And then not only that, they sent me, I didn't even know if she's still at KMOX there anymore, but they also sent me a, a nice color picture of Wendy Weiss. Oh, neat. Yeah. No, she's no longer with the radio station, but of course still in the area. I think she's over on 550, but she does the Donnybrook and everything still too with Charlie Brennan. So I got Jim White and Wendy Weiss color pictures, but evidently they don't do that anymore. And, I wish we would get back into it, but the thing is, no one requests it. No, I don't know how many times our program director, uh, director may have received those type of things, but I, no one's ever asked me since I moved to uh, St. Louis for an autograph. It's just something that doesn't happen in radio anymore. 
And by the way, since we're talking about old-time radio personalities, I want to know if anybody out there remembers uh, the guy that took over after Jim White was there, um, uh, Emmett McAuliffe. I I really liked Emmett McAuliffe. And I wonder, what's he doing now? I mean, has anybody heard about what he's doing now or anything? I know he was a lawyer also. Yeah, I, that's all I know about him, actually. I don't think I've ever come across any of his shows, and I didn't realize he was right after. I thought it was uh, John Carney took over after the, doing the late show, or maybe McCullough was after that. I don't know. Now, I remember, from what I remember, it was Emmett McCullough, and he did a really good job. And Yeah. You know, for a young guy, he did a really good job. Okay, well, it's good to know. All right, Tyrone, thank you very much. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Some people listening right now may know, may still be connected with him, but I haven't had any communication with him, nor do I know much about that. And I haven't listened to any of his shows, nor have I ever seen his shows archived anywhere. So it's hard to tell. We're going to take some of your calls come, uh, after the break. So if you want to call in and talk this last hour, 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. Weekday mornings at 830, Charlie Brennan and Amy Marks Kors provide perspective on KMOX and KMOX.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Overnight America. I was waiting for an audio clip or something there. <laughs> we're going to take a couple of your calls and a little bit. We're also going to talk about homelessness and what can we do about it. Uh, let's go to Doug, who's been holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan. How you doing tonight? Good to hear from you, Doug. Well, it's good to hear from you. I hear you every night, of course, but good to talk to you on the phone. The reason I called was, um, well, two things, actually. The one one is that, like I told your producer there, I, I, I had a um, suggestion you guys play those, uh, I guess, are public service announcements. I'm listening, uh, mm-hmm. that whole thing, and which are great. You've been but, lied uh, to. The one I... lied to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. sorry, that was not me saying yeah. that. That was a commercial spot that oh. played on accident. So, oh. Oh. <laughs> sorry. <Oops>. Okay. <laughs> no, That's no. Right. So that wasn't um, me that said that. That was the next commercial spot that accidentally played a second there. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if I'm going to interact with commercial spots, now we got to work something out. Um, Anyway, <laughs> um, the I'm listening thing where it says the one that says uh, uh, listen twice and speak once. Mm-hmm. I think that's terrific advice. Of course, my, I got that from my dad. My dad always said, really be a good listener. Always be a good listener. And I think to my, when I first heard that, I thought, oh, we got to play that for Chuck Todd <laughs> on Meet the Press and some of these you know, other people. You know. What- when you say that, I'm more inclined to think measure twice, cut once. That's the what I've always heard. Yeah, I wonder right. which phrase exactly. came first. Exactly. There had to measure have been uh, one. Prob- I don't know. Probably the listen twice, talk once probably came first. But I think the uh, the cutting one is also as important. Oh, I think so, too. It's very important, if you're, especially if you're going to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> you certainly want to do that. The other thing I was going to say was this. You know, um, during this COVID time, you know, we haven't had a gig at all. I've had a gig since March with Donna. Um, and um, I'm thinking, you know, if, if if they could figure out, we could figure out a way for she or she and I both to get gigs with this uh, a development corporation that Tom Sullivan was talking about. I wouldn't, I could take 90 <laughs> grand a year. You know, I think I'm, you would. Just to hang around. You could be one of their uh, eight vice presidents. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd be cool with that, you know, and, and uh and, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Come on. Let's, yeah. you know, there was a, I know, um, I know you've talked about this too. The fact that, 
you know, the people in this country, the, the people that can't work because of this, are, are really having a time while, you know, Congress, well, they're still collecting their paychecks and, you know, and their insurance and everything. And you well, know, good news is that Texas, Mississippi, some of these other states are starting to lighten up. And I think Missouri's not going to be far behind. But there was a song the other night I brought your name up because we were talking about redoing a song. And I can't remember what the song was. And I said, next time oh, we get you guys in the studio. It. it was the Cardinals, Cardinals song. Yes, we'll have to get a new Cardinal song. <laughs> That's a great the one. We can song. do it. We can do it. Yeah. We can yeah, do right. it all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that one. exactly, but I'll tell you what, if you want to send me the file, I'll learn it. And okay. we can, <laughs> that would we be can, awesome. We can, you have my email address. I just sent it over to me. And I'll, we'll, we'll get it. I was telling her about that, and she said, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll jump right on it. And, Love um, it. Yeah. All right. We'll get it Thanks, Doug. It, no it's problem, it's so good to uh, it's go good to hear from you again. And we'll have to, yeah. I'll email you. I'll find that track and send it over. Have a great rest of the night. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Big Al, how are you tonight? Hey, boss. I guess that's so why I, my nickname, my dad called me, was Wooden Ears because I did I did. spoke spoke three times and didn't listen at all. So I don't know. <laughs> Is that right? But uh. Hey, a couple things off the bat. Really shocked that um, Lewis Reed lost. Um, it's uh, it's that's a really a shock sitting out here in Lake St. Louis with, uh, especially with what Deshar Jones said about the police are, are are getting too much money, and yet you know the crime is just rampant to where people don't even want to ride, you know, Metro Lane. Oh, yeah. Or when you when we come to the city for sports events, we hightail it out of there as quick as we can because. You never know what's going to happen, and not to say it doesn't happen in the county or out here some, but not to the level it is out there. And yeah. well, uh, I, I, don't I, forget so. about the the like the secret accounts too. You know all the money that's being held that we don't know about. We don't we can't right. control. It's such a weird thing. Yep. Well, uh, it's. I hope St. Louis knows what you're doing down there uh, when it comes to the final vote, because uh, I don't know Mary Mary much about. Uh, Spencer, but uh, I will I will tell you that um, you know with Shara, you know what you got. She she dodged it for a long time, and then came out and said the police department's getting too much money. So, you city residents, if you feel like you got crime under control, go ahead and I guess vote for her. But uh, yeah, I got boy. my Moderna yeah. shot today, boss. Oh, awesome! So how did that go? Oh, uh, it was good. My arm's a little sore, but um, I with Moderna you got to wait a month, so course uh thanks and i bleed republican red but uh parsons couldn't couldn't uh arrange a rodeo and uh i tell you what if that clown decides <laughs> to run again I'll, I'll i'll walk to my feet bleed and i'll go for a democrat you talk about monkeying it up i don't know who's worse him or biden trying to run the country or or whoever's running it Wait, biden don't know where he's at so are you saying it was just too difficult the process was too hard for you to get is that what's upsetting yeah because i had to go to rala there's no shots around here. He's sending he's sending a double percentage of it to rural. They had 50 extra doses left in Rolla today. They had uh, they sent 2,000 bo- uh, doses to a town of like 80 or 280 people. Yeah, 2, last week that was a big bo- problem. Yeah, I mean whoever's arranging this. I mean if you can't see what's going on, Rack, the the the, the big metropolitan areas are traditional Democrat, and I reminded my my rep. Uh, Nick Shore of St. Charles County to remind, you know, Bumpkin that Republican red is, you can't get any more red than St. Charles County, but he's playing politics by stopping the, the, the bigger, the inner cities 
from getting the shots. Look at the percentages. Mm-hmm. He's playing a political game, and he's lucky that he got just got elected because I'll tell you, if he was going to come up for election again anytime soon, he wouldn't make it. There's no way. And wow. I, he should be ashamed. And now they're rolling out a third phase. I'm diabetic, yeah. so I, I had priority. But now they're going to roll out the third phase, and the teachers' union's bumping in. Hello, uh, summer's coming, teachers. You know, and the kids aren't aren't spreading it. So the teachers' wow, union yeah. elbowed their way in. They're all, all across the nation. But now in Missouri, they're opening up another tier for people. And the, and the first tiers aren't even done yet. The people that really yeah. need it aren't even getting it. And to open it up, I mean, come on, Parsons. What are you doing? This ain't Mayberry RFD, bud. Where you came from, <laughs> man? When yeah. your lips are moving, you're lying. So. Wow. All right, we're going to have to pick this up uh, again in the future because, yeah, Big Al, you make a lot of great points here, and you're absolutely right about the uh, political side of it. Now, I, I just don't know what percent of it, uh, percentage of it, is political, and the other part of just trying to do it quickly. But we'll have to bring this back up again, Big Al. Good to hear from you tonight. We got to get going. But wow, yeah, he. That's what they call a truth bomb, Big Al. We're going to talk homelessness right after the break. And our guest, Dr. Mary Beth Shin on Overnight America KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. News Radio 1120 KMOX. The voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. 
Wow, these nights, they just go by so quick. Thanks for spending it with us, choosing to spend it with us. And I wanted to bring on a guest, a professor at Vanderbilt University, a researcher on homelessness and author of a book called In the Mist of Plenty, Homelessness and What to Do About It. Dr. Mary Beth Shin, thank you for joining us on KMOX. Thanks so much for having me. Homelessness is an issue in a lot of cities, including St. Louis. I know that we particularly like to think it's one that we're alone, but man, so many cities have a hard time finding ways to combat this. We watch the coasts like the West Coast in Los Angeles and some of these places where it's just overrun. And I'm wondering what kind of things you found in your research, the state we're in right now in the United States when it comes to homelessness. Well, there's no state in the United States where a full-time minimum wage worker can afford a two-bedroom apartment, and there are precious few counties where that full-time worker can afford even a one-bedroom apartment or a studio. So it's not surprising that we have a lot of homelessness. And if you make housing affordable, uh, you can do something about it. So in a large study I was involved with, uh, we gave families access to housing vouchers that held their rent to 30% of their income. And that ended homelessness. It reduced residential moves, doubling up, and it had all kinds of radiating benefits for families. Uh, Less domestic violence, less substance abuse, less psychological distress, better food security, fewer behavior problems for kids, fewer separations of children from families, all by making housing affordable. Tell, tell me again about this voucher system. So you, you held it to a certain percentage of their income. And was it a nonprofit that was involved that would supplement the rest? Um, it was the Department of Housing and Urban Development. It's called a housing choice voucher or a Section 8 voucher. Uh, and those are vouchers that uh, are available to some poor families or poor households uh, that stop people from overpaying on rent. But unfortunately, only about one in four, one in five of the households who are eligible for these can can get them because there just aren't enough to go around. I see. So I didn't realize. So Section 8, I didn't realize that was something that supplemented. I just figured that there would be something that the government just took care of. So is that common? Maybe I'm just learning about this in a mass way that I haven't realized before. Well, what, what it work, how it works is that the family or the household pays 30% of their income towards rent and utilities, right. and the government picks up the rest uh, and pays the landlord directly for the, the remainder up to what's called the fair market rent, kind of a low average rent in the area. I see. Okay. So, see, I'm learning something a little bit new. So that voucher system has been around for a while then. Uh, So why haven't we seen more people use it? Is it just that it's underfunded and there's a bigger need for it today? It's underfunded. So it's grown from only about uh, $2 billion to $2.2 billion over the last 20 years as the population has increased uh, and there just aren't enough vouchers to go around. So waiting lists are long. In many places, waiting lists are closed. uh, And as I said, only about one in four, one in five eligible households can manage to secure one of these. So is this a temporary fix, the way the government looks at it, or is this a long-term solution as in once you're on this, you're on it indefinitely? You're on it as long as you're eligible. So as your income increases, it becomes less and less valuable, right? You're paying it 
more and more of your income towards rent or not not a larger proportion, but as your income goes up, your ability to pay rent goes up um, and it stops being of any use. So most households stay on it for four or five years, but households with somebody with a disability might be on longer. Um, and so it, it sort of adjusts to household needs. What do you find when it comes to the different properties that allow this sort of thing? So sometimes if you're looking for a place to live, they'll have a disclaimer on it very specifically if they accept that or not. Do you find that there are just less options for people to choose from that are desirable? Um, That is a problem. And there are two things that, that help there. One is that where there's legislation that says landlords can't discriminate on the basis of how the rent is going to get paid, source of income discrimination is, is the what it's called, uh, it's easier to use those vouchers. But a lot of people turn back vouchers because they can't find a willing landlord uh, within the time allotted. Uh, the other thing that would help, um, and some communities have this, is what's called a small area fair market rent. So the vouchers are keyed to the rent in the vicinity. And if the vicinity is a great big metropolitan area, greater St. Louis, um, that means that you'll overpay in some poor neighborhoods and you'll underpay in some wealthy neighborhoods. And so households get shunted into the poorer neighborhoods. But if you have these small area fair market rents down to the level of, say, a zip code, that enables families or uh, households to rent in a variety of neighborhoods. I found here in St. Louis, they decided to put together a park of these tiny homes. And I know that some other places have experimented with that before. So do you see that as a viable option in the future for temporary housing for the homelessness? Well, I think we need to experiment with a variety of different kinds of housing, manufactured housing, that's trailers, uh, modular housing, uh, single room occupancy hotels. Uh, these days it's called co-housing where you uh, have a uh, private area that's small and you share some amenities with, with your neighbors. Um, so I think we need a variety of different kinds of, of housing. Uh, I don't think the tiny house market is going to approach the scale that we need. The scale it, that we you know, have here in St. Louis. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can see that. And I think all cities are trying to find that right thing to do. And over on the West Coast, you look at places like Los Angeles that have these entire uh, tent cities, these encampments, and the conditions are not sanitary. They're just overwhelmed by the amount of homelessness. And they found that it's better to just let them set up camp wherever they want to as the solution, which doesn't really fix anything. And the skyrocketing cost of living in places like that make it nearly impossible for anyone to get back onto their feet. There's even these states that would be more than happy to ship you out of their state. If they have an option to give you a bus ticket or something, they'll send you somewhere else gladly so they don't have to deal with you. That's kind of the state we're in in a lot of issues. So what what needs to be done outside of more government money? So is there anything that needs to be done mm-hmm. on the the level for us to better understand homelessness, something that would be less of a, a physical thing and more of an understanding? Um, well, I think uh, homelessness is basically a problem of affordable housing. And whether housing is affordable or not depends on people's income and it depends on the rent. 
And so, as you point out, homelessness is higher in areas like West Coast cities where the rents are also higher. Um, And so anything we can do to raise incomes at the bottom or that we can do to reduce rents uh, will make a difference. And some of those are things that don't involve money. They involve zoning. So often we have zoning that excludes multifamily dwellings or that requires that single-family homes have to be on a certain acreage. And those kinds of rules drive up the cost of housing. So if we can make it easier to create multifamily housing, if we can make it easier to for people to put accessory dwelling units, that is, you know, a, a grandma uh, uh, house on, on their lot, uh, that will make it easier to produce enough housing uh, for people. If we think about different kinds of housing, we may be able to produce cheaper housing. And if we think about raising incomes at the bottom, and there are lots of ways to do that, uh, from minimum wage to benefits programs of various sorts. In the Midst of Plenty is the name of your book, Dr. Mary Beth Shin, your professor at Vanderbilt University. So let me look at this in a way that would be some of the concerns, and maybe you could try to debate or dispel some of them. So let's say I'm a homeowner. You know, I don't want my uh, my home values to be devalued by splitting lots and now you're building other structures on other lots so that all of a sudden becomes something that would be less desirable in the neighborhood because you know it's it's when you have a, a certain neighborhood and all of a sudden that you have one lot that's split up in a lot of different ways or like how about this like in Los Angeles people are talking about how they're allowing the tent cities to go wherever they want in the sense that they're saying that you can have a million dollar property and then across the street, you have a bunch of tents, unsanitary, you, you, you know, they don't have access to restrooms. There might be syringes and other things that their kids are walking by. So they have a huge complaint of the way that this sort of thing's being handled. So when we're trying to jam more people into a smaller space and trying to make it more affordable, why don't we send out, why don't we try to find ways to make it so we can find a place that's more affordable for the homeless as opposed to trying to bring them into a, a more confined area? Well, I'd certainly rather have a nice affordable housing project across the street than an encampment. Um, so uh, we can think about what, what the alternatives there uh, are. And as you say, the you know tent encampments also encroach on everybody's quality of life. Uh, but there's no place to send folks that's affordable. That is, you know, back in the 1970s, we had more low-income housing than we had people, more housing units that people who were poor could afford uh, than there were people. And that surplus in the 1980s turned to a deficit and a deeper and deeper deficit, and homelessness arose. Uh, in some ways, it's the, the worst manifestation of inequality because the rents kept going up, but incomes didn't keep up with, with the rents. Uh, and that's what led us to the problems that we have today. And as I said, there's no place in the country where a full-time year-round 52 weeks a year, 40 hours a week worker can afford the fair market rent for a two-bedroom apartment. 
So some of the other things that you see, there are certain things that could be tied to homelessness that, find, you know, some people would find concerning, you know, dependencies and other things that, and it, the thing when it comes to homelessness, you could be someone that has everything together and you're just one lost job away from hitting the street. It's it's very concerning because this can hit anyone. It's, it's not just something that is confined to any individual. This could wreck anyone's life in a matter of a year or even less. So I, I just wanted to point that out. But there are other situations where the cause of homelessness is tied to other things like dependencies and such. So when you talk about, um, well, what we're going to do is we're going to take certain areas and then we're going to open it up to things that would be less desirable. How do you how do you separate the people that need help and maybe affordable housing isn't the answer. Maybe it's trying to get them in with uh, you know medical professionals, mental health professionals, things like that. So they're getting the treatment they need as opposed to just getting a house and being left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, certainly some people need more than just housing, but everybody needs affordable housing. Um, and so there's a model that works for folks with serious mental illnesses and substance use problems. It's called Housing First, and it starts with affordable housing. You put people in housing, uh, often with private landlords, and an agency that offers wraparound services, but those services are under people's control. So people are choosing the services they want. Services don't work very well when you foist them down somebody's throat, Uh, but they work much better if people choose them freely. And some of the services that are important are services to landlords, Uh, to make sure that the landlord has somebody to call um, if there's a problem Uh, or if the the tenant is hearing voices and goes crawling into the the wall uh, to come in and plaster and paint before the landlord even has to worry about it. Um, So that kind of model with wraparound services under people's control, but without prerequisites for getting into housing, you, you, put people in the housing, the housing is a right, and then you offer them the services, they avail themselves of the ones they find useful. Um, That works beautifully to get even people with serious mental illness and substance problems off the street and housed with decency and dignity. Great. Do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to talk to you more about this. Super. And if people wanted to find your book, uh, where can they look? Uh, it's on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Uh, not not necessarily every bookstore, but it's it's out there. Yeah, in the midst of plenty homelessness and what to do about it, Dr. Mary Beth Shin will continue with her right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. She's a professor at Vanderbilt University, a researcher on homelessness and the author of In the Midst of Plenty, Homelessness and What to Do About It, Dr. Mary Beth Shin. Thank you again for hanging around with us tonight on Overnight America. My pleasure. So my producer, Mike, was wondering if you call your security team the Shin Guards. <laughs> extra N in the, uh, in the name, but I certainly used to <laughs> use them when I played field hockey. Oh, not bad. All right. So uh, something you mentioned right before the break, and I wanted to ask you because I wasn't sure if I heard that right. So are you approaching homelessness? Do you believe housing is a right? Uh, I do believe that housing is a right. Um, Not everybody agrees with me on that. Uh, But housing is essential for people to get on with their lives. 
Um, and it's in all of our interests to house all of our neighbors. Uh, but I do think that food, shelter, clothing are human rights. So do you think that the government then should be creating more government housing if uh, if it's a right provided by the government as opposed to, let's say, an individual landlord that owns a property or a complex? Well, I think government has a responsibility to set the stage so that people can afford housing. Uh, and that includes providing some housing subsidies for people who can't afford housing on their own. It includes uh, trying to have basic income supports for, for example, people with disabilities uh, who aren't able to, to work on their own so that they can afford housing. It includes uh, thinking about zoning uh, in ways that permit housing to be built uh, and a variety of housing uh, options to be built so that everybody can find something. So moving forward, do you think that homelessness will ever be solved? Yes, I think we're, it's in our power to do it. Uh, Finland has essentially ended homelessness with a concerted effort. They're not as wealthy as the United States, but they put their minds to it. We cut veteran homelessness in half uh, by uh, focused efforts, by providing more vouchers and doing short-term uh, rental subsidies, doing prevention, basically HUD and the Veterans Administration and state and local governments, mayors, uh, put their minds to it. And we cut veteran homelessness in half. I mean, we really didn't have homelessness in the 1970s. Uh, we had a few people in Skid Rose. Uh, they were an older uh, generation. One of the books at the time was called Old Men Drunk and Sober. And social scientists thought that when that generation passed, homelessness would as well. But as housing costs began to outpace people's incomes, um, that's not what happened. We didn't end homelessness. We uh, started to see more and more of it. Uh, and new groups of people, uh, young men, minorities, women, and even families, um, today, the age at which you are most likely to be in a homeless shelter is infancy. Um, you know, infants are wonderful, uh, but they are also costly, and they take parents out of the workforce, or they require people to pay for their care. And so it's not surprising that young families are some of the folks that are experiencing homelessness. So, Dr. Mary Beth Shin, your book, In the Midst of Plenty, where can people find it if they wanted to check it out? It's at Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble. You can get it in hard copy. You can get an electronic version. Well, you can find it on their homelessness and what to do about it. Thank you so much for coming on tonight and talking a little bit about this subject. We know it's a, a big deal here in St. Louis. It's something we've fought for an awful long time, something that we're always trying to find solutions for. Thank you for spending some time tonight. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's a big topic. And she joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. And that'll about do it for us here on Overnight America. I'm glad Doug called in earlier. He was uh, great because um, he said he's going to come in with Donna at some point. As long as I send him this track, he can learn it.
he can make this so much more loungy, and that's what we're really looking for. Come on, Cardinals. This is our year. One of the great Cardinal songs dating back to, I can't remember what season. It doesn't matter. I remember they did bad that year, but what a great song to come out of it. You can find me on Facebook, Ryan Wrecker Radio. It's an easy way to connect if you hate social media, but you find yourself still on it. This would be a great way to stick it to the man by liking my page on there. <laughs> okay, it doesn't really stick it to the man, but still. Dr. Michael Bussler joins us after the break as part of the replay hour. He's an economics expert, so really with the rebounding economy, what does that mean on the price of goods? Also joining us is Tom Sullivan, local watchdog. What's going down in the county? Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll be back again tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Hope to uh, see you then and sleep well. Bye. My heart beats with the lonely rain. Wishing I could see your face again. Change the dial on the radio. Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow. If things were only like they used to be. has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 